Welcome to CouncilCast, a podcast from Coalfield Development, where we highlight moments from our monthly gathering, Coalfield Council Day. It's a time for reflection, team building, and celebrating the personal and professional developments of our crew members. This is episode seven, highlighting our council day on Friday, November 18th, 2022. November's council day began with morning announcements and a roundup of each crew's personal and professional celebrations. This month's highlights included a crew member's acceptance to Mount West Community and Technical College for the upcoming semester, a passing driver's test, and one crew member's successful fundraising effort for a local homeless shelter. This month's council day was a little different from our standard itinerary. For the majority of the event, our learning and training revolved around a single but always important topic, mental health. Recently, the Coalfield crew enrolled in the Mental Health First Aid course, a program dedicated to helping participants identify, understand, and offer appropriate support to individuals experiencing mental illness and substance use disorders in their community. Prior to attending the Council Day training sessions, crew members had completed portions of the curriculum online. Dreama Buck, Professional and Academic Development Coordinator, introduced Sarah Brown, Prestera Adult Mental Health Trainer, and Diana Bailey Miller, Mental Health First Aid Coordinator for the West Virginia Autism Training Center's Project AWARE program, as the day's featured speakers. Sarah and Diana's training revolved around the ALGEE or ALGE acronym. Mental health first aid is the support you give to someone who is experiencing a mental health or substance use challenge. That's the broad stroke. The best comparison is to compare it to like physical first aid in which you don't teach people how to do open heart surgery or diagnose cancer. You teach them how to recognize some of the signs and symptoms, how to stabilize somebody and link them to support. It's literally the same thing for mental health. Sarah hosts sessions weekly for a variety of audiences across eight counties in the state. She said it's important to make this information accessible to everyone so they can make educated, supportive decisions when assisting others experiencing mental illness or challenges. According to the Mental Health First Aids curriculum, people are more likely to seek help if it's suggested by a trusted individual. The importance of everybody having this basic knowledge is, for me personally, my answer is so that you don't make it worse. Mental health issues are incredibly common. As we talked about earlier, one in five people have a mental health challenge. Those are the people that get counted who showed up somewhere with someone knew they had a mental That is not the full reality. There are a lot of other people that are suffering in silence, and they're dying alone sometimes. And so we need people scattered everywhere so that wherever the challenge occurs, someone is there to see it and say it. In many rural areas, she said it can be difficult to have an open dialogue about mental health due to stigmas surrounding mental illness and seeking help. Other obstacles can include geographic isolation, a lack of internet or cell service, or limited transportation to providers. When working in Lincoln County, for example, Sarah said she does not often have cell service or a reliable internet connection, which makes it difficult to access training materials online. Appalachians were independent. It has a strength, but it also has a weakness that goes with that. And so me being able to relate to someone in their language, in their culture, because I'm also that language and culture, huge difference huge difference in their ability to see themselves moving forward as opposed to someone else coming in. We don't need anyone to save us. I honestly believe we can save ourselves, but we do have to have some knowledge. And we have to have something that says it's okay to talk about this. That's what the training does for most people. It makes them a little more comfortable actually talking about it. And then they take it from there. Sarah said one of the most beneficial aspects of the Mental Health First Aid program is its dynamic applicability and comprehensive approach. What I loved about it, it's simple. You can drop it into any context and it works. 
uh, because they pull from the participants. They pull from lived experience 100% for everything. And then they're constantly tweaking it. Like they've come up, they've taken adult mental health first aid, and they now actually have worked out a participant guide that's specific to law enforcement, that's specific to older adults. Um, that's they were rolled out in full Spanish. Uh, that's all fairly fresh from the field saying we need this. The teen mental health first aid that's fresh off the press from people saying our youth need to know how to do it themselves, not just have someone do it for them. And so they're constantly innovating and pushing out whatever is needed. You can't beat that because you know it's going to be effective. RAPS trainee Jennifer Putter said the first algae trainee section, approaching and assessing for risk of suicide, resonated with her. Jennifer said suicidal thoughts aren't always taken seriously in today's society, but they should be. A good friend of mine years and years ago committed suicide. And I was always told if somebody talks about suicide, that doesn't mean that they're going to do it. They're, they're just crying out for help. That's, that's bogus. It needs to be considered seriously. You know, a, a lot of people, when my friend was talking about suicide, did not take him seriously. And approximately a week later, he was dead. So, I mean, people need to be more aware. I mean, it, it is a thing. Jennifer said it's critical to know the warning signs of suicidal ideation and substance use disorder and stay connected with our loved ones. Reaching out can make a difference. There are resources to help people, but there's not enough resources. There needs to, people need to be more aware of what to look for, more aware of how to help people. I mean, dr drug addiction, substance abuse addiction, it's a real thing. And even people that you wouldn't think would be addicted to drugs are addicted to drugs. I was a housewife with six kids. Nobody knew that I was addicted until everything happened. Overall, Jennifer said the training helped start conversations on uncomfortable topics and redefined the way she sees self-care. I was under the impression that self-care was just like, you know, going and getting your nails done or going and getting your hair done. I didn't realize that there was a bigger scope to it. You know, there is spiritual self-help. I'm developing an interest in crystals. I just bought an amethyst pendant, but anyways. There's a, a variety of ways, meditation, praying, you know, whatever works. Not everybody's path is gonna be the same. The second section focused on listening non-judgmentally. Kavon Levin, crew member on the Highwall team, emphasized the importance of listening to friends and colleagues objectively, especially when they're sharing something in confidence. Talking to people sometimes and expecting them to listen and then it not be received like you thought it would does kind of shut me off and it can shut off other people from really getting to the root of what you're trying to say to them. And so then kind of feel like no one's really listening to you. That doesn't feel nice. <laughs> And having interactions like that ends up kind of shutting you off to talk to anybody else. Kavon said these interactions have changed the way he listens to others. Instances where I'm not being heard does open up my mind to be able to listen to other people how I would like them to listen to me. So it's, it's really easy for me to listen to somebody open-mindedly and just hear what they got to say, even if I have no idea what to even respond with. But a lot of people, when you begin to just sit down and listen, you uh, find that all they're looking for is someone to hear them. Ethan Chandler said many of his key takeaways came from the last two sections on encouraging appropriate professional help and encouraging self-help and other support strategies. I used to be in uh, sober living. I was actually a 
am a recovering addict uh, two years plus. And so I personally have a lot of connections as far as mental health or like substance abuse treatment. And so, I mean, I could use a, a lot of those, you know, to kind of refer people like, hey, maybe you can, you know, call this number, talk to this person, you know, and they'll they'll get you where you need to go. Ethan said it was enlightening to participate and learn from the exercises regarding supportive language because even though your words may be well-intentioned, it can still come across as hurtful. A lot of people probably say, you know, to people that they're, they're trying to help, and maybe they don't mean it in a bad way, but whenever they say it, you know, it, it kind of makes a, a negative impact or feeling on that person, you know, and they might not understand exactly, you know, what damage that they're doing to that person, you know, when their intent is all good. But I, I believe in this training that that really helps us differentiate, you know, between what we should and shouldn't you know, say to people and how we should and shouldn't act. Ethan said one of Diana's and Sarah's statements stood out to him. She said something like, don't lose yourself when you're trying to help somebody else or something like that. But however she said it, that really stood out to me and I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget it. Ethan said his lived experiences could help him support and offer compassion to others who may be facing similar challenges. If somebody was confiding in me, first off, like just personally, and I've, I've had a lot of these experiences, you know, like where I used to live that lifestyle and recovering and also I worked in an area before I came to this job, I worked in an area that was really, really heavy, you know, with that sort of situation. I would probably first just you know, ask them what's going on. And if they decide to talk to me, then I'll just be, you know, completely open and try to be understanding. And like they said in the training, non-judgmental, which, you know, is always, I think, the best thing. But really taking the time out and showing them, you know, that I can be there for them if they're ready to open up. Diana Bailey Miller, the mental health first aid coordinator, said she hoped folks were able to take away from the training the tools they need to see here and support others in their communities. There are a lot of people who don't know how to deal with an uncomfortable situation or uncomfortable conversation. You ask somebody how they are and most of the time they say okay or they brush it off and I'm fine. If they do tell you what's going on, people don't know how to handle that and it becomes an uncomfortable situation most times. Mental Health First Aid kind of plays a big role in that, in helping people to listen, to be comfortable with that, to know how to respond. Oftentimes if we don't know, we fear we either make fun of, we walk away from, or we just, you know, kind of stay. We That fight or flight kind of kicks in. But by knowing, you know, how to respond, what to do, it gives us the comfort to be good listeners and to support folks. Though more people are open to talking about mental health, Diana said we still have a long way to go when it comes to dismantling stigmas around mental illnesses, seeking help and treatment, and using diagnoses out of context or as insults. I think mental health is being talked about more. I think you can find more you know, information on TV and online and flyers and billboards and, and that type of thing, which is good. And on the flip side, I think we still have people who are self-diagnosing or 
who are diagnosing others like their children or family members. I think people are using labels too much and words are thrown around. They're so bipolar or they're so manic and, and things like that. Yes, those may be diagnoses, but we shouldn't be using those. It really stigmatizes things and it makes it hard for people to get help and treatment. Members of the Coalfield team also paid a moving tribute to Mountain Mindful Operations Manager Jim Caldwell, who recently accepted a new job. Over the last five years, Jim has been an integral part of the Coalfield team and leadership. Alongside colleagues Gina Milam, Brad Stapleton, and Luke Carpenter, Jim helped relocate Sustain U's screen printing business from Morgantown to Coalfield's headquarters in West Edge Factory and strengthened the operations. Last year, he oversaw the merging of Saw's Edge and Sustain U Social Enterprises to form Mountain Mindful. Though it's a bittersweet departure, CEO Brandon Dennison said he's excited for Jim and looks forward to supporting him in his new endeavors. One of Jim's first jobs was getting all the equipment and inventory in Morgantown down here to our factory in Huntington. And it, it was a big job and he really showed a lot of logistics abilities and hard work and sheer grit. So from there, he really became a key leader of the whole enterprise. And he's a very caring man, uh, very committed to the mission. So it's going to be a hard transition, but also it, it's a time to celebrate all the success that Mountain Mindful's had under Jim's leadership. Gina Milam, West Edge Outreach and Operations Coordinator, and Jim started working for Coalfield on the same day. Over time, she said Jim has become like family to her. We immediately clicked. We had the same kind of a work ethic. We were able to almost read each other's minds and anticipate what the other one was going to need. It was just a relationship from the very beginning of the utmost respect and we got so much done. He's my work brother. He's such a renaissance man too, which most people don't realize that. He is very, very well-read. He's an artist himself, a very amazing artist. He loves poetry. He can quote poetry, classical poetry, at the drop of a hat, but he's quiet and reserved, and unless you do get to know him, you don't understand just what a renaissance man he is. Over the last five years, Gina said Jim's professionalism and strategic talent have played a major role in growing Coalfield's youngest enterprise. There's no way Mountain Mindful would be what it is today if it weren't for Jim Caldwell. And I just know that we were very, very, very lucky to have him for as long as we did. Jim attributed much of his technical experience to years spent working in a warehouse where he learned from esteemed individuals in transportation and distribution industries. Despite having a wealth of management knowledge, Jim said there were a few things he needed to adjust when he came to Coalfield. I come from industry. I'm going back to industry. I'm used to working with a lot of hardcore individuals, and when I came here, I had to almost relearn a management style. A lot of the people here face barriers to employment. We've all had our problems and issues through life, but being able to make that slow, gradual change and become a mentor on a different level, if that makes sense. A lot of them call me old dad, and... Uh, I feel like they're my children. That's why it's extremely difficult for me to make this move. Jim said he's confident that Mountain Mindful's two crew chiefs, 
Brad Stapleton and Amanda Jones, and sales manager Leslie Norris will continue to propel the enterprise forward. They're set up to succeed. I don't feel like I left anything unfinished. There's nothing but growth from here. It took us a while to get here because we kept changing directions. But we got on that one solid path. We crushed our sales goal, earnings goal for this year. They're set up to crush it again next year. So I'm pretty excited for the future for Mountain Mindful and Cofield. They're in good hands. Mountain Mindful crew chief Amanda Jones said working alongside Jim the last three years has reshaped her understanding of impactful leadership and inspired her to embrace her own leadership potential. It has been one of the best experiences of my life and it's because Jim he doesn't see you he sees your potential. I have worked other places before but I never like aspired or ever thought of myself as being in any type of leadership role. I was just focused on I need to make money for my kids and that's the end of it. So coming here under his leadership and his mentorship and seeing him as a role model just day in and day out you can't outwork him and the way he handles any type of work situation or a personal situation from one of our crew members or myself or Brad or anybody and like he handles it with such grace and poise and so through like witnessing that and being under his leadership I start developing like finding who I am and like he saw potential in me I've never screen printed before when I started here and I told I told him that I was like I don't know what I'm doing but like he saw something in me that no one else had ever seen before and so now I feel like I don't want to say like I'm, I'm a good leader but I know what one looks like and I want to be one and I learned that through Jim. Through a pandemic, merging enterprises and other shifts along the way, Amanda said Jim has handled each challenge thoughtfully, helping the crew adapt and grow closer. She feels that being in an environment that is accepting and supportive has inspired confidence among the crew. We're a genuine work family. We we know our each other's names, like we know like each other's kids, like we genuinely care and it's not just working and making shirts or making wood products. We share like this culture together that everyone gets a second chance and it, it's okay if you don't know, but we're gonna learn together. And so he's created the culture for Mountain Mindful, that culture. It's a safe place to be who you are. It's a safe place to be not perfect at something. And it's a safe place to learn and grow. Mountain Mindful crew chief Brad Stapleton agreed with his colleague Amanda. The Mountain Mindful work culture has been carefully cultivated. From a very early stage of this process, Jim set out to establish a culture. It was a culture of family. It was a culture of togetherness, of unity. That culture, I think, laid the foundation for our strength. It's what made us be able to come together during challenging times or difficult deadlines or anything that we were standing up against. We were able to overcome those obstacles because of that culture. And this is what he, this is one of the key things he brought to this. It's one of the ingredients that we wouldn't be us without it. And this is something that I don't think is easy to replicate. About three years ago, Brad said he was working as a manager at a local convenience store when Jim approached him to talk about a unique job opportunity. It quickly caught his attention. He was telling me about this place. He said, it's Coalfield Development, it's Sustain You. He started going over the mission. He started touching on what we're here to do, the impacts we're going to be making on people's lives the sustainability aspect of what we're here to do with the, with the manufacturing and embellishment of our garments. So that all sounded really intriguing. And I, I have to admit that I was immediately taken with the idea of doing something like that. It was totally out of my comfort zone and what I expected coming into it. In September of 2018, I started with him 
and literally our first day we loaded up a truck and we went to Morgantown and we went to the previous Sustain You location in Morgantown and the industrial park there and I just remember being just completely mesmerized. I was seeing machines I'd never seen before. It was really something special and I was extremely nervous coming in and he did he did so much to alleviate my stresses and anxieties. We had a lot to do and we had not very much time to do it in. And this is where I started to see Jim's ability to zoom out, get a bird's eye of something and analyze a situation and devise effective strategies and really execute. And I was immediately just blown away. Looking around the Mountain Mindful Production Hub at West Edge Factory, now meticulously organized and filled with specialized equipment, Brad reflected on the early days of Mountain Mindful and how they came to succeed. I often think back on those days and I'm just like, man, I, it's just as impressive now as it was back then. And make no mistake about it, none of this would be here if, if not for Jim Caldwell. I have just the most immense amount of respect for that man and what he's done for me as an individual, for this team, for this organization. I, I can't even really properly quantify it. can't really put it into to words. It's been a, an amazing journey. It really has. Although Brad said he will miss seeing and working with Jim on a daily basis, he is grateful for the time they've had together and for all of the valuable knowledge Jim has shared along the way. With Jim, Brad has found a lifelong mentor and friend. It was an absolute honor and privilege to work for Jim Caldwell. I don't believe that I will ever encounter a man that commands such respect, loyalty, and love as that man in that office in there. And I honestly, I don't see myself ever finding that mentor like what I found in him ever again. And part of me is very sad for that, but also I'm very thankful for what he has instilled in me and everybody on this team. He will be missed. Thanks for listening to CouncilCast, a monthly podcast from Coalfield Development. This series is hosted and produced by JJN Multimedia. Subscribe to CouncilCast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a review. To support or learn more about our work creating resilient Appalachian communities and helping people unlock their full potential, power, and purpose, find us on social media or visit www.coalfield-development.org. Thanks for joining us today. We'll see you next month.